0: Welcome to the DynastyBball.com podcast. I'm joined by Adam and we're going to go through the Eastern Conference and just kind of look at a few of the the storylines we're following closer in Dynasty Leagues. Uh, just kind of keeping an eye on. Um, Adam, how are you doing? Hey, I'm doing
1: excellent, Jordan. How about
0: yourself? Uh, doing pretty good. It worked out well that uh, the one night that you could podcast this week was my night off for my, uh, my 9 to 5, so I'm pretty excited to talk some hoops.
1: Hell yeah. Oh my God. We're it, it, like a few weeks ago when we last chatted, it seemed like it was around the corner, but now we're like in the midst of preseason basketball. I've already got to go to a preseason game. Like I am fully hyped.
0: Yeah, I know what you mean. I'm like that weirdo that I'm already like watching on League Pass preseason games, like the one game per night that League Pass shows. I've been like watching that, like uh, you know, I'm like way into football at the start of the season. Then like as soon as like preseason basketball starts, it's like football out the window and it's like full steam ahead on basketball. Yes. (laughs) Um, All right. So uh, what else have you been doing, man? Uh, Well, the other podcast
1: that uh, that I run is called Boob Tube Buddies. Uh, I definitely recommend everybody check it out. Basically, we break down different television shows and. We have certainly bit off more than we can chew. We got a couple of different sets of hosts on there, so it's not all me doing it. But uh, we have Westworld, Luke Cage, American Horror Story, uh, the show Divorce on HBO. And then we're doing random one-off things like Rocky Horror Picture Show. Uh, actually, my wife and her friend are in the other room watching it right now, and they're going to record on that tomorrow night. So we got, like, a lot coming out. We I think we've, we're at, like... 60 some odd podcasts in 90 days
0: wow so you're just knocking them out like left and right over there
1: yeah and uh yeah it's i mean yeah we're pretty proud of it it's, it's coming along well and you can check it out at uh it will first off itunes stitcher tune in any one of those but uh, also www.boobtubebuddies.com
0: yeah you put together a slick site over there i was kind of checking it out the other day i'm really really impressed with how it looks
1: <laughs> yeah. I am uh definitely no web designer, but they make it pretty easy at um ah, shoot, what's the uh, squarespace?
0: Yeah, that's I've kind of been looking into maybe uh, switching over to that, but yeah, so, well, the people are here to l- listen to us talk about basketball, so let's uh, get into that. Oh, um, yeah. We're going to go at a little bit of a quicker pace than uh, we normally do, um, so uh, we're just going to get right into it. Uh, so, you know, the Dynasty storylines that, you know, I've kind of outlined a little bit that I'm kind of following, uh, we'll start over in Boston. Um you know, the thing I'm really following this year is uh, what Marcus Smart and Jalen Brown are going to mean for Avery Bradley and Jay Crowder. Um, Bradley has uh, two years on his contract left, and then, you know, Crowder's there. If you know, he's got four years left, he's there a little bit more long-term. Um, but it's kind of interesting. they got Marcus Smart, um, Isaiah Thomas, and Avery Bradley all expiring after next season. Um, so it's going to be kind of interesting to see uh, if Smart can take another step forward and, you know, how how much uh, Brown develops uh, and kind of see what it will do for them in the future Um uh, you know, I'm huge on Marcus Smart. We've talked about how much I like him before. Um, I like Isaiah Thomas. You know, Avery Bradley and Jay Crowder make as good of a one-two combo on the wing as, you know, there is in the league. Um, so that's just one thing I'm really going to be following because I think that uh, whoever emerges there and looks like he's going to be the long-term guy is going to have a very uh, solid uh, role for your dynasty leagues. I mean, you got Al Horford there that's going to lock down the post. Whoever can be like that go-to guy on the perimeter um, is going to have uh, good value.
1: Yes, anybody listening to this that is doing a one-off league, uh, we are mainly talking about dynasty basketball here. We'll try to frame it in both uh, ways of context, but so, okay, so Marcus Smart and Jalen Brown are inferior to Bradley and Crowder this year. However, dynasty-wise, it's a little bit different of a story. I mean, Jalen Brown is an unknown commodity at the moment, so... I certainly wouldn't go out dropping guys like Crowder to pick up guys like Jalen Brown. But, I mean, that's the thing with rookies is you have to take flyers on them in Dynasty or you are going to miss out on sustained success.
0: Yeah, the one uh, thing that is going, uh, at least for Marcus Smart, is that uh, Coach Stevens has already came out and said that he's basically going to be like a six starter. like He's playing starters minutes. And so I do think that there is a lineup there where you can move Crowder to the four and play a little bit of a small ball lineup and have uh, room for all of them to produce. Um, Jalen Brown, he's definitely the wild card there. and He's the one that kind of throws a, a wrench into what I think their future is going to look like, uh, possibly.
1: Now, the one problem with Smart is he doesn't have the most fantasy-friendly game. He is a poor three-point shooter. Uh, He's going to help you out with different things like steals, and as he gets more comfortable in the flow of the offense and in terms of getting uh, consistent minutes, like you mentioned that Brad Stevens has already said he will, he will get more scoring opportunities, assists, rebounds, things like that, but it is important to uh, to note that he is not completely well-rounded in his offensive game by not being a good three-point shooter. No, he's
0: still very raw on the offensive end. He has room to go there for sure.
1: So I'm just saying, uh, I'm just trying to play devil's advocate that Marcus Smart is a good player, has a good future, but he is not a fantasy superstar in the making. At the very least, not from what we have been shown yet.
0: No, I mean he's still young enough to develop, uh, young enough to develop, but um, yeah, I definitely think that uh, Bradley um, and Crowder are the, the guys you want to own there in fantasy. Um, but that, you know, just definitely something to monitor in the future. Um, so we're gonna shift over to Toronto. You know, Can go I just to the great. One last thing. On yeah, that. Abso- yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely.
1: I know we're trying to go quick, so I'll be quick. But Jalen Brown um, is probably not going to do a whole lot this year. I'm just gonna like flat out say that because. There is a lot of people in front of him so barring injury he's not going to get big minutes so like come january or february when the um mystique around him is kind of wore off and whoever has him is like this guy's not getting minutes go and try to get him because that is going to happen that 100 you will be able to buy low on him like coming up towards or just after the all-star break um, don't wait to the end of the season either because by then people are like, yeah, I kept him this long. Fuck it. You need to uh, like pounce on guys like that when they're at their lowest value. And that's going to come around the all-star break.
0: Yeah, you want to try and go to a team that's hopefully, you know, a piece or two away from contending so you can buy him for like a, a guy that's, you know, maybe giving up a little bit more now. That, but you're going to reap the rewards in the Dynasty League long term. Good distinction, um, yeah.
1: If it's absolutely. if it's not a contending team, they're almost definitely not going to trade him. They're going to say, "Well, hey, I'm, I'm at this point probably just angling for a good pick anyway." And Jalen Brown's lack of minutes is certainly helping.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so let's move up to Toronto now. Um, the one thing that you know I've noticed in the preseason, you know, towards in the, in the postseason as well last year is that Norman Powell um, was really looking like he is a legitimate rotation NBA player um you know long term they got Damari Carroll under contract there um he hasn't you know really been able to stay healthy um recently um he's obviously a very good uh, player 3 and D type guy for the Raptors when he's healthy um but i'm just going to be interested to see if by the end of the year you know i would not be shocked if Norman Powell has like kind of overtaken him for a starting spot where at least you know they're splitting starts 50-50 depending on the matchups i think that uh now is a good time to go try and buy Norman Powell in your dynasty because i do think that he is going to see a rise in value this year um Lowry and DeRozan are obviously the guys that are going to put up the bulk of the fantasy productions. Um, but I'm talking about, you know, guys that you're really going to get some rewards on this year, but you're really looking to cash in on them, you know, two, three years down the road. I think Powell's a great target for that. What do you think about that?
1: Now, don't overpay for a guy like Norman Powell just because he's going to get into the starting lineup. Because I agree. I do think that by the end of the year... Because Demari Carroll has struggled over the last year and a half with injuries and things like that. Norman Powell is a great up-and-coming young player. No, he's a good up-and-coming young player. But you're talking about two very ball-dominant guards there with Kyle Lowry and Demar DeRozan. Plus... We've already heard them talk about Jonas Valanciunas having an increased offensive load this year. So Norman Powell, guess what? He is definitely the guy on the outside of that when it comes to shot attempts. So there is only going to be so much of a ceiling for his value where his place in that lineup is going to be. Uh, now, I think that because of the minutes, he'll be good as a rotation guy, just uh, tempering the expectations for what can be accomplished when you got three guys ahead of him. Who are going to be taking eighty percent of the shots?
0: No, I think at best you're hoping he can, you know, eventually settle into a guy that, um, by you know, after the All Star break this year, can you know, you can count on for you know, ten to twelve points a night with you know, a couple of rebounds, couple of assists. Um, you know, definitely a rotation fantasy guy. Yeah, don't go trading superstars for him, but just a guy that you know, if he's your third or fourth shooting guard on your team, you know, you're going to be sitting, you know, really well in those categories.
1: Yep, we're on the same page there.
0: Cool. So let's go over to Brooklyn. Um, one thing that, you know, I was kind of looking over their contracts earlier that, you know, really was interesting to see is, you know, they went from, you know, a few years ago being one of the teams that were, you know, one of the highest above on the salary cap. You know, they're hitting the luxury tax. Um, and now they have the second lowest payroll in the NBA this year. Like, that yeah, was that turned around very me. quickly. <laughs> yeah, it did. And so that was just amazing. And so, you know, they're definitely a team that... Um, you know all the guys that are starting there now. You know guys like Jeremy Lin, Brooke Lopez. Um, I'm not gonna be shocked if in the next few years you see a change of scenery there. Um, so the one guy that I'm really gonna be following, and I mean you're probably not even gonna see him until after the All-Star break, you know, if we see him at all this year, um, that's Karis Levert. Um, he's a guy that was definitely a lottery talent, but has you know struggled with injuries in college. Um, so I'm just gonna be interested to see if he can come back by the end of the year, how he looks. Um, I do think that out of the players on the roster, he has the highest ceiling probably as a fantasy player. Um, I think if he can get right, he has the ability to be a guy that can contribute to scoring, rebounding, and assists. Um, he can do a little bit of everything. You know, Ronda hollis Hollis-Jefferson as well. They're a bit more on your defensive and uh, rebounding categories. Um, but, get uh, yeah, Karis Levert, that's one guy I'm really going to be following really close to this year, hoping he can come back from this surgery. I've read that um, this last surgery he had on his foot is more to prevent this from happening again, so hopefully he can be similar to Brook Lopez where it seems to at least so far have worked for him.
1: You know, Levert has way better offensive upside than a guy like um, uh, Rondé Hollis-Jefferson. Rondé Hollis-Jefferson is very much like a Michael Kidd-Gilchrist. Not all of his contributions on the court are going to um, translate well to being a good fantasy player, whereas a guy like Karis Levert lights it up. Um, But... Injuries are going to be a concern. So, uh, as with anybody who is drafting rookies here, you have to make sure that it aligns with your timeline of when you want to succeed as a team. A guy like Karis LeVert, you do not pick him up unless you're willing to uh, take a buy on that spot on your roster for the year, because he's not going to do probably a, a bit of good for you this year. But I, I agree with you. I think that. He is absolutely a lottery talent uh, if he can come in and put the injuries behind him, which I don't know that I think that he will, but you you, you just don't ever know. I mean, I- injuries, are, they're just impossible to predict.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, just won't dwell too much time here, but, yeah, watch how he uh, comes back from injury. Yeah, let's um,
1: not talk about Brooklyn for too yeah, long. We don't want people much. tuning out. Uh,
0: Um, so you know moving to you know the team we said you know Brooklyn had the second lowest salary in the league moving the team that still has the lowest salary the Philadelphia 76ers Um, the thing that I'm going to be watching and you know this is you know a pretty big storyline a lot of people are going to be watching um, especially now that Ben Simmons is going to miss some time um, is Joel Embiid and Dario Saric I think that there is a chance that they could come in and play themselves into roles to where they force the Sixers to make a trade on either uh, Jalil Okafor New Noel or possibly both if they both look like they're the real deal, and then they bring back Ben Simmons as that other big to kind of play as their three-man rotation there. Um, I think Embiid has shown in the preseason that if he can stay healthy, he's going to be a guy that's going to contribute in the NBA and in fantasy. Um Gonna be able to get you some points, rebounds, and blocks on you know a really good field goal percentage. Um, he's shown an improved jump shot. Um, he's not gonna be you know uh, a threat on the wing right away, but he has shown improvement there, so there's room for him to grow there. Um, Dario Saric, obviously, he's uh, you know a point forward type player that's gonna get you some assists from the power forward position, which is definitely a nice thing. Um, I do think uh, Nerlens Noel well is probably still the best defender, at least for fantasy, out of the three right now. Um, but I, I am going to be interested to see how that plays out, because I do think that they are going to be forced into a trade sooner rather than later at some point. Okay, with
1: Saric, Embiid, and Noel, and uh, Okafor, the thing is, is, if you draft any one of those guys, you better hope that they're going to make a trade, because all four of those guys play the same two positions, basically. So they, and it's, but it's
0: it's weird because I feel like in a dynasty league, all four of those guys have to be owned. Like you can't leave any of those guys sitting on waivers. Oh my
1: god, absolutely not. No, I, the thing is, is even coming off the bench, I think that there's enough minutes and enough talent there, and not enough going on at the other positions where all those guys are actually going to put up numbers. And the only thing that worries me is that within Bead's injury history, I could see them not wanting to necessarily let go of some of those other guys just as like insurance in case you know february comes around and then uh-oh finally that the other shoe drops um i guess that that's a foot pun injury um <laughs> but or a foot injury pun but anyway uh i definitely think that all four of those guys have to be owned and i think that all four of them have tremendous upside sarich you could probably pick up the latest in the draft i am almost positive that that's the case but he has a lot of fucking upside too. Yeah, he's, sorry for the lo- language. I no, I, yeah, I, agree. That, right. he,
0: he looks like he's gonna be a fucking stud. Like, yeah, okay, I agree there with we go. <laughs> um, but I mean, the obvious move there, I think, at some point, is you trade for a point guard. Um, with that being said, Ben Simmons looks like the point forward type guy, so maybe that won't be the case. Um, maybe they can, you know, flip one of those guys for another solid piece on the wing. Um, but let's go ahead and move over to, you know, the last. Can thing I ask you a big, quick huh? question
1: about Simmons, real quick?
0: Yeah, what's up? Okay, with
1: this injury concern. Where do you think that he deserves to be picked in a dynasty draft that is drafting? Let's say, because this podcast is coming out within the next couple of days, before the season starts, if somebody's drafting for their dynasty league, where do you draft Simmons now? Because before he was like second round or maybe third, early third, uh, does he fall further back because he's going to miss maybe his entire rookie season, if not most of it?
0: Um, I still think I would probably have a tough time letting him slide past me in the third round. Um, I think the upside is still just that tremendous with him. I mean, um you hope that he doesn't follow the same path as Joel Embiid, miss the two seasons. You hope he's able to come back healthy after you know, hopefully you hope he's back at some point this year. Um but no, I would still take a shot at him on the third. Um absolutely I'm pulling the trigger if he's there in the fourth.
1: Yeah, definitely fourth. Um I could see, depending on who else is falling see myself picking more established players in the third. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's it's just tough. Unless, like, my first couple of guys I got were super freaking young too, like Carl Anthony Towns type guys, you know?
0: Yeah, absolutely. All right, so moving over to, you know, the last team in this division, that's, you know, the New York Knicks. Um, this is, you know, kind of a, a deeper thing. Um, Joakim Noah, um, there's obviously a chance that he's going to miss time. He's not even going to be able to stay healthy. Um, but the one thing that I don't like about the addition there is that I think Porzingis as he ages is a more natural fit at the center position. Um, so I just kind of wonder, um, how this is going to affect his development this year. Um, I still think he's obviously the long-term future there. Um, but I could see a situation where their best lineup is, you know, Melo at the four if they put Noah in there as a rim protector at the five where Porzingis could be, you know, left on the bench for, you know, extended periods of time. Um... I just, you know, that's just something I'm definitely following, because I do think that if Noah can get right, he you know, he's shown that he's a a guy that in in the real NBA sense is, you know, definitely an asset, um, but obviously health is the key there, so that's just, you know, just something I'm keeping an eye on. If I have Porzingis, I'm not trying to sell him right now or anything, just, you know, something to to keep an eye on.
1: You had mentioned before the podcast uh, about him being a mentor for Porzingis, uh, Noah that is, Mm -hmm. and I... I think that he is going to provide tremendous value to Porzingis' future by being on that team with him, because uh, we've seen that Porzingis, what's great about him is he is a versatile versatile player. He has a very refined offensive game, a great shot, but he's also an incredible rim protector. Well, Joakim Noah has, well, he is certainly not a good shooter, but He is a versatile player as well, but more from the passing angle. I would love to see him be able to kind of school uh, Porzingis in that way a little bit and further round him out. And honestly, he's such an incredible competitor, Noah is, that I don't think that he's going to let Porzingis take days off. I think that him being there is actually just an awesome thing for Porzingis. And you're right, Noah's probably going to miss time with injury anyway, so we'll probably get plenty of time with Porzingis at the five.
0: Yeah, that's you know best case scenario. I mean, as, as bad as that sounds, I mean, you from everything yeah. you've heard, Noah is an absolutely outstanding teammate. Um, you know, hopefully he you know some of his edge and toughness rubs off on uh, Porzingis. You know, he'll need that playing in you know New York. Um, but let's go ahead and move over to you know the to my Chicago Bulls. You know we've talked a lot about them this offseason, so we'll go through them pretty quick. Um, you know obviously they're Butler, Rondo, Wade. Those are going to be the guys that put up you know most of the fantasy numbers. Robin Lopez will probably be the most productive big on the team. Um, but the, the the position I'm going to be watching the closest is the power forward position. Uh, right now, it looks like Taj Gibson is going to open up the season as a starter. From everything you're hearing, um, you know him and Nikola Mirotic are both on expiring contracts this year. Portis is there for another three years. I still think Portis is a long-term answer there at power forward, um, but I will be interested to see because I do think that he Portis that is got outplayed by Nico and Taj this preseason. So I'm just going to be watching how that plays out. Um, you know, Taj, you know another guy that has missed some time with injury before, so it may be you know irrelevant because it may be Nico and Portis making up or filling up most of the minutes there. And anyways by the end of the year um, but I do think if Taj can stay healthy he's a guy that could be you know a third or fourth power forward on your fantasy team that could you know be a, a decent contributor um, but that's yeah the power forward position that's a position battle. I'll be watching the closest as this year goes on as a Bulls fan
1: the issue really is that that log jam is going to take away from all of their uh, upside every single one of those guys is going to be losing minutes to the other ones which means they're going to lose production um and while just watching the bulls that's great that you have three good power forwards uh but as a fantasy owner i would be a little hesitant to grab any one of those three for that reason now we're talking about dynasty i want bobby portis in in dynasty because i think that he is the long-term solution exactly like you said but i think again that that might be another guy that people are going to be looking at it in january or something and they're going to say man he is like buried in that depth chart he is not getting like it's year two this is the year i would have liked to have seen him having some improvement and i bet you could go and you could snake him out for really cheap and i bet i bet gibson does not finish the year or at the very least does not start next year in chicago
0: yeah i agree with you um so let's move over to Indiana. Um, the guy that I like there, probably the most outside of Paul George for Dynasty leagues, is still Miles Turner. Um, I was expecting him to you know really blow up this year. I'm you know, kind of toying with my uh, Eastern Conference pred- predictions in the standings. I'm kind of toying with Indiana as a two or three seed there. Um, the one thing that I'll be watching is if the additions of Thad Young and uh, Jeff Teague being there kind of slows down Turner's uh, eventual, you know, blow up year. If or if that will still happen this year, and there'll be room for all of them. Um, so I do think Indiana is going to be a team that's going to compete, you know, and for a playoff spot. So I don't think that uh, they'll sacrifice wins, you know, now just to let Miles Turner get a bunch of burn if you know he isn't earning it. Um, I do think you know he's going to be the starter there, and he's going to put up good numbers. But I'll be interested to see if he's, you know, a guy that's a, a dynasty league stash or a guy that's you know going to be, uh, you know, a center, you know, a center power forward too for your fantasy team.
1: I told you I got to go to the preseason game. Well, it was the Magic versus the Pacers, and luckily the Pacers pretty much had their whole lineup in there, and I was paying really close attention to Miles Turner, and you didn't even really have to pay close attention to him to notice what he was doing. Like, he is uh, just a beast in just—it's his second year, right? yeah. It's amazing. I mean, the guy has good range. He has good instincts. He is a hustler on the boards. He plays pretty tough at the very least in the post on defense. So I think he's going to start improving uh, on blocks pretty well. And he's just a great all-around player. Now, you had asked me earlier, uh, Thaddeus Young and Teague being there, do you think that that's going to kind of delay his development a little bit? And I actually do think it is going to maybe hurt just in the sense of his scoring, because Mm -hmm. both of those guys, um, especially Teague, really can create for himself. And he's going to get a lot of his points just off the pick and roll, just simply burning by guys or in transition, uh, just like blowing into the hole real quick before anybody else has an opportunity to catch him. So, I think that, that, that that's all going to take shot attempts away. Well, and then obviously, Paul George takes a ton of shots, and Monte Ellis, that's what he does. He shoots. So, um, I do worry about just the scoring aspect of it. But the thing is, Miles Turner, very rounded out player, and he is absolutely going to be getting the lion's share of minutes at that position.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Definitely a guy in Dynasty you're holding on to. or I mean, you're probably not going to be able to buy him from your, the Dynasty owner unless you're willing to part with a superstar at this point. Totally. Um, but let's move over to Milwaukee. Um, a guy that I know I don't have to convince you on because I know you are on uh, the, the hype train with uh, as well as me, that's a John Henson. Um, he's a guy that I think is kind of a sleeper there um, that if you're looking for you know some cheap blocks and rebounds that I would kind of take a flyer on, um, I still think at some point you'll see Greg Monroe get traded um miles plumley is slated open this season as a starter now but i do think that uh eventually henson can show that he's the better player there and i do think that if he could take even you know, a roll off the bench in you know 20 to 25 minutes i think that there's a chance he could get you over two blocks per game probably six seven rebounds um, so he's a guy that's a sneaky target that you can get fairly cheap in your dynasty leagues
1: that's the thing is you can pick john henson up very late And regardless of whether or not he gets minutes, I mean, if he does, then, you know, that's a bonus. But even if he doesn't, he's going to get you a block and a half or two blocks a game. And as a guy you can pick up in the last few rounds of even deep leagues, that's uh, that's pretty much tremendous. I have John Henson now in like three of my leagues. And it's just because when it comes down to it at the end, I'm looking at a bunch of no names. And then I'm looking at John Henson and it's like, well, he contributes handily to, at the very least, one single category. And all, all those other guys, it's like, it's such a flyer. Well, John Henson, it, it's a flyer, but even his basement is good because he blocks are very tough to come by, actually, in fantasy.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. They're probably the toughest position to get. Yeah. Um, so I, I think, you know, like you said, even if he just plays 10 minutes a game, he's still going to get over a block a game. He's just that good. At, he's got those natural instincts of shotting blocks similar to, like, a Hassan Whiteside. He's just got that, like, you know, ridiculous length and, like, long length. Oh, odds. yeah, he's Inspector got, Gadget. Yeah, good timing on his jumps. Like, he's yeah, he's a shot-blocking machine. Um, so let's, you know, move over to, you know, our defending champion, Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, obviously, they're LeBron, Kyrie. They're going to be the guys that put up the bulk of the fantasy numbers. Kevin Love's going to be a, a good fantasy contributor there, too. Um, but the thing that I'm going to be watching the closest, and, you know, it's probably more for a, from a real NBA perspective, is if Kay Fielder can take, uh, you know, take hold of, you know, that backup point guard spot like as of now everything's kind of clearing out nicely for him to be the number 2 there. He's a guy that if he can have his game translate into the NBA, I mean, he's a guy that can really fill up the stat sheet if he can get minutes. He's a guy that can score, rebound, put up assists. He's, you know, explosive. He looks kind of like a little bit of a bigger, more of an athletic freak version of Isaiah Thomas a little bit. So, I'm really going to be watching to see if he can, you know, lock down or roll off the bench that could eventually lead to, you know, some, you know, point guard three, four production production on your dynasty team.
1: Yeah. I'm curious to see what he does too. I mean, in college uh, this last year, well, he improved every single year, which obviously you hope at that age that the, the players are going to, but, I mean he put up twenty-five I think it was is that right? Twenty-five points almost a night. Uh almost ten assists, four and a half rebounds. Well I mean, yeah, well at one
0: point a... he was like the only player in the nation that was top five in point scoring and rebounding.
1: That's amazing. I mean Well, especially for the fact yeah, really... he's
0: he's like five six, five seven, like that's insane.
1: It is. Like this is a guy that is going to earn himself a spot in a rotation. I just worry that a team who who, only has one goal, the Cleveland Cavaliers are looking for a ring at the very end of the season. So you worry a little bit about who they're going to dole their minutes out to because contenders normally are a little bit more picky about giving minutes to the young guys. Now, the good news here is Kyrie Irving is injury prone, and he is going to miss some time or at least take some rest. They're going to be careful with him. If he does get injured, they're not going to rush him back. So while that it might not even push uh, Kay Felder into the starting lineup, it's going to boost his minutes up. And for a young guy like this, I think that he has a lot of upside.
0: Yeah, I, I do too. He's a guy that if I can get for cheap in a dynasty, I'm definitely going to pull the trigger on that. I might prefer him to
1: Tyler Eulis actually.
0: Ooh, that's interesting. I would still take my boy Eulis. I think that uh, Felder is in a better situation for immediate playing time, but I do still like Ulyss' game long-term. But that's interesting. That's not... The, when you think about the fact that you kind of have to think about that for a second, that's really interesting, you know. Um, considering one was you know took near, uh, drafted near the top of the second round, and the other one was a guy that was in like the last five, six picks.
1: Yeah, I uh, I I don't know. I just he he is he's an interesting player and he's in an interesting situation here. Uh, we'll see what happens. He I very much doubt that he's ever going to be a fantasy superstar. But he is a guy that's at the very least worth putting on your watch list.
0: No, because he is a guy that if it does click right for him, he will be a fantasy superstar. So it's one of those, yeah, definitely keep him on your watch list. Yeah. Okay, so moving on to the last team in the division, um, the Detroit Pistons. um, With Reggie Jackson, you know, going to be missing time to start the year. I think uh, Kentavis Caldwell-Pope is going to be the key for them. I think that he really has to step up and put up numbers that will, you know, translate in the NBA and in your fantasy leagues if the Pistons are going to be good. Obviously, you know, Drummond's going to do what Drummond does. You hope Stanley Johnson takes another step forward. Um, But KCP's, you know, one of the... Probably know. Probably it's probably safe to say that he's in you know the top. If you're talking about two-way uh, shooting guards in the league, probably top five. You know uh, he's one of the better defenders. Um, I think that he's really going to have to step up. You're going to see him guard some of the, the the good point guards in the league with Reggie Jackson out. Um, so he's going to really have to step up. He's I'm really going to be watching him. I'm I own him and I think your dynasty league that you commission. Um, and I'm really excited to have him there. Um, he's a guy that I'm really following closely this year.
1: KCP is awesome. I'm very, very excited to see what he does, if he can get... Uh, he had some... How many games did he miss last year? Do you have him pulled up right now by chance?
0: Um, I can get that pulled up here in just one second. Okay, yeah.
1: wh- while you're doing that real quick, uh, let me just say slow clap to anybody who happened to grab Ish Smith this year. Because I
0: have him in three of my four Dynasties. Oh, you
1: lucky dog. He. Oh, yeah. Well, he's in... We have him on that fan tracks league. Yeah, right and you then I have Josh him... Lloyd. And, and then
0: i have him in two of my uh, i think four other leagues that i'm in all five of my leagues are dynasty i need to get in a redraft one this year yeah
1: <laughs> yeah i might do some daily fantasy just to scratch that itch a little bit lucky
0: bastard i'm in fucking idaho so it's banned
1: oh no it's yeah like isn't that in. some
0: bullshit <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> that sucks
0: yeah but um so yeah moving back to kcp um wow, you know, i
1: thought he missed games last year yeah he
0: played 76 last year um and, you know, he put up, you know, some pretty damn good numbers, even, yeah, you know, being a Hell third, yeah. fourth option. I mean, you know, 14 and a half points, you know, one and a half steals, that's the thing you really liked getting out of him. Um, you know, only averaged about two assists per game, so you like to see that go up. But he did get close to four rebounds. I see that going up a little bit this year with Reggie Jackson missing some time. obviously yeah, one you know,
1: and a half threes ooh, dude, his f- – or his three-point percentage is a lot worse than I thought it was. Yeah, he's
0: got to improve there, but I do think he's going to have the opportunity to take more shots, which, you know, in fantasy, you're mostly looking at three-pointers made, not necessarily the percentage. So as long as he can get closer to that two instead of the one and a half he hit last year, I mean, that's all that really matters, I guess.
1: That's a great point. Plus, Dan Van Gundy loves playing with the four-out one in, and uh, so you know that he's going to be given opportunities to shoot tons of threes. And you're absolutely right. Three point percentage is is a very rare category to use.
0: Yeah, and I mean, an Ish Smith isn't going to be that guy that's going to be a perimeter threat. So you know, outside of you know, Tobias Harris and Stanley Johnson, um, while Reggie Jackson's out, they're going to need KCP to step up and be a threat on the perimeter if they're going to you know still be a top four or five team in the East this year.
1: Yeah, I totally agree.
0: Cool. So let's go ahead and move on to, you know, the last division. Uh we'll start the Charlotte Hornets. Um the thing that you know I'm gonna be watching and you know rooting for is 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 this gonna be the year that MKG can finally put it all together. You know, obviously Michael Kidd Gilchrist, uh jo- Michael Jordan put a lot in and drafting him second overall, you know, passing I was looking the other day at some of the guys that were drafted after him, you know, Bradley, Beals. There was like eight or nine guys that was just like mind-boggling that, that went after MKG in that draft. Um, but I do think he's a guy that you know, similar to KCP, he could put up a stat line similar to him. Um, probably not as many three pointers, but um, you know, where he can be the steals and the scoring from the from small forward position. I'm um, I'm rooting for him. I'm just I'm hoping he can finally put it together this year.
1: Yeah, I I worry with the injuries. Now I know he didn't play a lot of games last year. Am I right? In, in saying yeah, he
0: that? well he missed. He opened the year right like he got hurt right before they even played a game, and then he came back played fucking lights out and then like just a few days later we got injured again
1: man that is a shame he has a lot of talent gotta love the way that he plays like he i mean he puts up six and a half rebounds per game he gives you 12 and a half points that doesn't sound like mind-blowing numbers but he has improved like pretty decently every year i wouldn't be at all surprised to see him jump up to like 14 points per game. And then maybe even eh, probably staying pretty steady on the rebounds, but I could even see him going up the year before he'd put up seven and a half rebounds per game.
0: Yeah, I mean he's definitely a guy that if it all comes together, he's gonna be a very interesting uh, guy from a fantasy perspective. You know, trying to play armchair psychologist a little bit. I listened to a podcast with him on there. I think it was one of the vertical ones. Yeah, uh, I listened to the same one you was told that me the, I should check it out. Yes, that was like one of my favorite ones. He seems just like such a humble kid, um hard worker. I'm definitely rooting for him. I think you know Batum's gonna be their main option on the perimeter, but I think he can be a nice complimentary piece there on the wing. Probably the better defender of the two, even and you know, Batum's a an average defender. Least, um, um,
1: do not reach on Michael Kidd Gilchrist, though. I mean, that's the thing is like the injury that he had last year and the year before. I mean, honestly, okay, here's the games played per year we've it's got 70, sure. yeah, 78 the first year, which is good, 62 the next year, which is not great, it's not awful, but not great, 52 the year after that, which is starting to look okay. That's trouble. Last year, he played seven.
0: Yeah, that you know who that sounds similar to? Bradley Beal. Yes. Yes. Like it that's does. almost exactly except for Beale doesn't have a season where he's, you know, played seven yet, but like I mean, other than that, that's pretty much what you're looking at. And so, you know, he's still very, very young, so he could put it together. Yeah. Um, Beal's but,
1: fantasy upside too is higher too, so it's worth a little bit more taking a flyer on him. Especially with the shooting guard position. Yeah, that, when know, he can knock down those shitty.
0: threes for you. Yes. Cool. So let's move over to Miami Heat. Um, You know, we kind of been talking about some of the, you know, not the non superstars on the team, but, uh, we're going to kind of break that trend here a little bit with Miami, and that's uh, to talk about Hassan Whiteside, Justice Winslow. Um, those are guys that I definitely, um, at least in my on my board, are on the rise. I think Hassan Whiteside is going to take a step uh, into you know the top three centers in the league, especially in, from a fantasy perspective. Um, you look at what he did after the All Star break; he you know was a top probably 15 player in the league. I think that there's a good chance he's going to get close to that three and a half four blocks per game again. Um, he's going to take a bigger role on the offensive side of the ball, especially with Wade leaving. Bosch is going to be out. Um, somebody's going to have to put up points there and pull down those rebounds. That's going to be him. He's going to be a guy that at the end of the season is going to be a top 10 player. Go grab ask him ask question now about can.
1: Hassan Whiteside?
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Okay. So here is a concern that I have. And you tell me if you think that it's slightly unfounded. Um, a lot of times—OK, okay, first off, I think we both agree that Miami Heat are either not a playoff contending team or are—at are, are, the very least, they are arguably not a playoff team. I think that they don't they're,
0: have a they're They're lottery-bound, for sure. OK,
1: so if we get towards the end of the season, which is, by the way, when everybody will be entering playoff time, is Hassan Whiteside in danger of being sat a little bit as— You know, like for like just, you know, because guys are banged up towards the end of the year when a team realizes that they've been eliminated from playoff contention, they start to sit their stars or like make up little tic-tac injuries so that they can just like fully heal up, but also so that they can get a better lottery pick. Yeah, do you worry I'm, about Hassan being sat games here and there during the play, like the fantasy playoffs?
0: I do think that there is potential for that. But, I mean, in a dynasty league, that's not something I really worry about. Like, in a redraft league, I would put more stock into that. But in a dynasty league, I don't really worry about that. because true, want the, but I want a lot of people, you know,
1: you're, you're aiming for a timetable. So, a lot of people are like, okay, you know, I've got Hassan Whiteside, but then I've also got, like, you know, I've drafted Dwayne Wade and a couple other guys who are, like, who are only going to be doing well for a couple more years. So, like, I don't know. Like, Hassan Whiteside, to me, then, eh, that, that just worries me a little bit. I know that that's a small thing to worry about. But when you're drafting, if you want to get number one in your league, you have to consider everything. And that, to me... That's just a small concern.
0: See, and I guess if you're the white side owner in my league, I'm hoping that's your mentality so I can capitalize on that and, you know, come in with that. You know, like, hey, he might have some time during the fantasy playoffs and then I can maybe buy low a little bit on him. Because I think, you know, even if he can just play two games a week during the fantasy playoffs, that's potential for seven, eight blocks and that can, you know, almost put you in position to win the category just off that. So I'll take that risk all day I'm in a dynasty league. Yeah, um,
1: I don't think that it should drop his value. I just think that it's something everybody should keep in mind with this on white side. Yeah,
0: and that's a fair point. And just uh, quickly, the other guy I want to touch on Justice Winslow. Um, Josh Richardson's gonna miss the start of the season. You know, he got nicked up. He's gonna miss some time. I think that he just by virtue of. They don't really have a lot of bodies there. I think he's going to be playing, you know, at least 25 closer to 30 minutes a game. Some tonight. I think he has potential to be a good rebounder. Get you some good steals numbers. Um, just a guy that in dynasty leagues, you know, I've been harping to go get him for a year now. I just, I think that that window to buy low on him is going to close sooner rather than later.
1: He's a very, very good basketball player and he has a chance to be a great basketball player. So I would I would I think that you're gonna have trouble getting justice Winslow at at the right time yeah hope
0: hopefully you hopefully you traded for him at like the all-star break last year when we were telling you to go do that yes
1: exactly because if you if you've waited this long I think people are reaching on him too early to be honest and and that's the problem is i I would love to have him I think he's a great player and I think he's going to do really well but like Guys that are putting together like their, you know, my team's going to be awesome three or four years from now. Teams they're going to scoop up a guy like Justice Winslow pretty damn early, and that's going to make it hard for for teams that are like, yeah, I'll just build a you know build up the best roster I can, make moves later when I figure out what my team is. You're probably not getting Justice Winslow.
0: Yeah, that's a very fair point. Um, let's move over to the Atlanta Hawks. Something that, you know, I when I made this list, it was just kind of a deeper stash kind of guy, but the, a guy that really got thrust into dynasty relevance today. Um, that's Malcolm Delaney. Um, he is going to start the season as the Atlanta Hawks number two point guard. He is going to play a role. He's going to be, at minimum, he's going to start the year playing 15 minutes a game. I'm not going to be shocked if that's closer to 20 to 25. He's a 27-year-old rookie that spent time playing overseas in Europe. Um, I believe in Turkey. Um, He's a guy that's going to be able to knock down a few threes per game. He's a good defensive player. He's got some pretty good combo or pretty good vision. He's kind of a combo guard, got decent size. Um, The Hawks waived Jarrett Jack today, um, which, you know, really shows the confidence they have in him. And they're trusting that what he's been doing in the preseason is legit. He's a guy that I am hoping to scoop up, but ESPN still hasn't added him to the player pool. (laughs) <laughs> um, I, I did tweet to the the guy that runs the, the ESPN Fantasy Basketball and asked him when he's going to add him and a few other guys. And to his credit, he did respond and said that they're working on it. So I'm hoping that him and them, just you know for reference, uh, Tomas Sadoransky and uh, Alex Sabrinas with other guys I was asking about. Um, so they'll be in the ESPN pool soon, but he's a guy that's going to play a role this year. I'm very excited to see what he does.
1: Um, yes, he is 27 years old. So whatever he comes into the league doing, is probably what you're going to see from him.
0: I, I think in this case, that kind of plays to his advantage because Atlanta's going to oh, want to totally. try and try, Atlanta's trying to win now. So that plays to his advantage for sure. He's not going to be a typical rookie that's going to have some of the growing pains that you're one and done and, you know, sophomore and colleges have their first couple years.
1: I agree. But um, in a dynasty league, we have to, at the very least, consider that whatever he ends up doing now. That's probably it. This is not a guy who is going to ever be a starting point guard on a team, right? Do you agree?
0: Um, yeah. I mean, I do think that he's a guy that if Dennis Schroeder misses time, he can come in here and there for a few spot starts and hold it down. I do think that, uh, um, you know, it's it's always tough trying to predict how, you know, the international game translate over. But he's a guy that does look like he has a very NBA friendly game. Um, So I I do think that he's a guy that could have some fantasy relevance in your deeper leagues. Um, But yeah, I don't know if he's ever going to be even your Dennis Schroeder level type starter.
1: No. um, And I will say one extra little interesting tidbit before we move on. His middle name, Hakim.
0: Interesting. (laughs) I did not know that. Well, let's uh, move over to, you know, the Washington Wizards, uh, a guy that I had just mentioned. I was wondering when he's going to get put in the pool. That's uh, Thomas Sadoransky. Um, he's a guy that I think is a sneaky sleeper. You can get him for basically next to nothing. He's probably on waivers in some of your leagues. And he's a guy that I do think is going to play a role. Uh, we've mentioned Bradley Beal is no lock to, you know, play the whole season. I think there is a situation where if things go wrong, that, you, you know, Otto Porter isn't working out. Like, I could see that. I think that Thomas Sadoransky is a guy that is – a. A player that can get out and transition that really compliments John Wall. He's a guy that gets a lot of run out dunks uh, when he was in Europe. I think you're going to see a lot of that this year. I think that he's a guy that you, you know, like I said, can get for next to nothing, but he's going to be a guy at the end of the year that um, is giving you some pretty decent returns on investment.
1: Yeah, and like you said, he is playing behind one of the most notoriously injured people in the entire league, uh, Bradley Beal. So there is going to be some opportunity there. And we have seen. Other backup players have, at the very least, middling fantasy value when Bradley Beal goes out, like a uh, Garrett Temple last year. And yeah, he on, had a like,
0: stretch where he had some decent value there.
1: Yeah, exactly. So uh, I think that that really helps, and it also helps that other guys are not quite ready to step up. Like, uh, what's the the kid that was the Kansas Jayhawk, uh, the Small Ford Ubre, Kelly Ubre? Yeah. Uh, But he is not ready to come in and play like big wing minutes yet. Don't you agree?
0: Yeah, I would say that's probably right. So
1: I I think uh, Sadoransky is probably, as far as bench players go, he is somebody you might want to take a flyer on. Bare minimum, keep him on your watch list and wait for that Bradley Beal injury update.
0: Yes, absolutely. Um, So moving over to the last team we're going to talk about, you know, to round out the Eastern Conference. Save the Um, the, best for last. (laughs) I kind of did that on purpose. Um, I'm sure you did. (laughs) The Orlando Magic. um, The thing that I'm going to be watching, and, you know, again, kind of breaking the mold of talking about some of the lower-end players, Um, I'm going to be watching how Evan Fournier steps in for um, Victor Oladipo. Um, I think that there's a situation where if last year was you know, closer to his ceiling, that you could see Aaron Gordon lock down the small forward and Hazonia eventually take over the shooting guard. Um, I'm leaning more towards Fournier being the guy. I like his game. I think he has a very fantasy-friendly game. Um, but, so that's what I'm going to be watching. But I am kind of curious what you know the, the, the Dynasty storylines you're following the closest lead, you know, being a Magic fan that can be there and go watch them in person.
1: Okay, yes. As somebody who follows this team as closely as anybody in the world follows their favorite team, uh, let me tell you a couple of things. First off, there is not a chance in hell, barring injuries, that Mario Hizonia cracks the starting lineup, especially not uh, in place of Evan Fournier. Evan Fournier will lead the team in scoring this year. I feel pretty comfortable in saying wow. that.
0: I think that that's a fair pet. Yeah, That's That doesn't seem too crazy.
1: The only person who I think could challenge him on that is Vucevic. But yeah, that's what I was Vucevic, say Vuc. I have no idea whether or not he finishes the team with the Magic this year. And uh, even if he does, Fournier... Are is,
0: we sure Vucevic is better than Biombo? Um,
1: no. I mean, certainly he is in infinitely better offensive player but um but Biombo honestly is maybe a better rebounder than Vucevic which is crazy because Vucevic is one of the better rebounders in the entire league and uh and definitely oh my god not even a question defensively Biombo is leagues beyond what Vucevic is so um, I, I don't know. The Magic already struggle a little bit with scoring and spacing thanks to our point guard, Alfred Payton. Uh, so, and honestly, Aaron Gordon's not much of a shooter yet either. He has good form, so it's going to happen. But I definitely, just to get back to Fournier, he is going, if people don't know this yet, if, like if he's flying under the radar. I'm telling you, Evan Fournier is going to put up very good fantasy numbers this year. I would not be shocked at all to see him at high 16s, maybe 17 points per game, and creeping up to about three assists, three rebounds, and uh, and he's actually pretty good at swiping the ball, so I'd see him over a steal too. And, and, and a good three-point shooter, 40%, and hits about two per game, so... He's just at at, at that position, too. You know, shooting guard's not a great position. I put him as being probably, like, between the 7th and 10th best shooting guard in the league.
0: Yeah, I think that's probably about right, and I think his upside's higher than that. Um, Is this this finally going to be the year that Alfred Payton fully breaks out to what we want him to be?
1: Uh, I don't know. Uh, I will say, like, I try to be realistic about my team and not just, like, a complete fanboy about it. And he is the one thing about this team that makes me nervous because his ceiling still unbelievably high. But looking at the form on his shot, it's pretty clear that he has not been working diligently with shooting coach Mark Price to improve his jump shot because it just looks hideous. And if he isn't playing aggressive every single play, which is the problem with him that he doesn't. Then it's it's a real issue because he has to collapse the defense in order to get other people open shots. That's what makes him good. And on defense, he doesn't necessarily get around picks very well. So the fact that he's an amazing on-ball defender doesn't work particularly well when we get into half-court sets where people are you know having him curl off multiple screens.
0: Yeah, it's, yeah, that's a very good point. Oh, man, I'm just so glad that we have basketball soon. We got, like, basketball in, like, five. I mean, by the time people are listening to this, probably four days. And yep. then we have real basketball. Oh, I can't wait. No,
1: it's it's amazing. And uh, I'm just, yeah, I'm, I'm completely thrilled. Uh, is there, I, I don't know if we ever mentioned it, is there a way if people have questions for us for fantasy stuff, like, that you'd want them to reach out?
0: I mean, you can get a hold of me on Twitter at Dino DinoBball, uh, D-Y-N-O, and then just B-Ball. Um, I mean, you can get there. You can reach me at my email. Um, I have that listed on, on the website, DynastyBball.com. You can, I think there's a spot to send me an email straight through the, the website. Um, but, I mean, shoot, you can find me on Reddit, Twitter. I'm on Facebook. I mean, you can find me pretty much anywhere if you reach out to me. Um, if you want to get a hold of me, just you know, hit me up on Twitter. I can send you my email. You can send me some fantasy questions. I mean... I'm, I'm pretty open. You can find me. If you hit me up, I'll, I'll definitely uh, respond and I'll give you your advice. I think that there's been plenty of people that can vouch for that just on Twitter that have randomly followed me and hit me up and asked for some advice. And I've you know spent 10, 15 minutes just sitting there talking with them, you know, looking at their dynasty teams and trying to help them out. So definitely feel free to reach out.
1: Okay. Well, very cool. Uh, is there anything else you wanted to touch on before we call it a night?
0: I mean, no, we got to get together in the next five days and go through the Western Conference real quick. But I mean, that's that's about it.
1: Cool. Well, sounds good. Hey, thank you very much for having me on again, Jordan. It was fun.
0: Absolutely. And then thanks for listening, guys. Um, If you like the show, please go leave us a review on iTunes. Um, Yeah, that's about it. We'll talk to you guys soon. We'll break down the Western Conference.